We are continuing our series that we began last Sunday called My Pleasure. And, 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 and in the this, this series, we're, we're kind of, you know, like taking a look at, you know, th- this business that's 1.8 miles down the road from us um, that just reopened recently, Chick-fil-A. And, and, and if you weren't here, um, like I, I, I do want to encourage you to go back and either watch or listen to the message last week because last Sunday really kind of set up where we're going to be going for these next number of weeks in our um, My Pleasure series. But Chick-fil-A and just their, their commitment to serving their customers and serving them well, just trying to go above and beyond the hospitality and, and the atmosphere that they have tried to create is really something that I think that all of us can learn from in one way or another. And, and last Sunday, we took a look at the Old Testament character of Gideon, a, a guy who, who felt like he didn't have much of anything to offer a, at all, and the way that God used him in just such an incredible way, because he did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. The, the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said, I want you to go in the strength you have, that you might not have all of the, the skills, you might not have all the training, you might not have everything that you think you need, to be successful, but I want you to go in the strength you do have. Take the resources that, that you do have. And he was able to accomplish some amazing things. What we said last week is that our not enough plus God will always be more than enough. Our not enough plus God will always be more than enough. And, and it makes me think a little bit about our church family as well, because we don't have it all. Like, we, we don't, we don't, we're not a church made up of, of, of millionaires. We don't have the most impressive building in the entire world. We don't have the largest staff. We don't have all the toys and the bells and whistles and everything. But let me tell you what, what we do have. What, what are the strengths that Livingstone's church has? That, that if God was saying, hey, I want you to go in the strength you have, what, what does Livingstone's have? Well, one of the things, and we've already heard it even this morning already, is just our commitment to this community in this neighborhood. Like everybody that is a part of our Livingstones church family has bought into that, that commitment to this neighborhood, this place where, we have, where God has planted our church. We're, we're a people that are extremely welcoming, extremely friendly. Like that's one of the things that we hear often over and over is just how welcoming, how open that, that our church was. We're, we're a church that's filled with just filled with real and, and authentic people. We're not trying to be, pretend to be somebody we're not. What you see is what you get. And, and I love that about, about our church. We're, we're a church that, that's lived life. We've, we've been around the block, and thankfully we've experienced the grace of God in our lives as well. We're a church that's generous. Like when, I, when we did give in the month of December, and we, when we were uh, collecting clothes, clothing items for, for the students down at Monroe, like you saw the boxes of clothes that, that came in. When we've, when we've taken up collections for the YWCA, we collected gifts for the YWCA. When we've done food drives for Broadway uh, Christian Parish. Like, I, I mean, like our church comes out and, and, and is generous and, and fulfills those needs. Like our church is not just a church that's okay with diversity, but we celebrate it. Like, and, and I could go on and on, but these are some of the strengths we do have. While we might not have everything that we might want, we, we, we might not have everything that we think we need, to accomplish the mission that God has called us to, we can go in the strengths that we do have. And, and this morning, what I want to talk about is how every single one of us, that we are invaluable to the mission, to the work that God is doing right here at Livingstone's Church, right here on the south side of South Bend. Now, now just to be clear, invaluable does not mean not valuable. 
It, like it, invaluable means that, that we're priceless. We're, ir, we're indispensable, irreplaceable. Like every one of us, every person that calls Livingstone's their church home. We are invaluable to the work that God is doing right here in our midst. And G- Jesus told a parable about a, about a shepherd who had 100 sheep, and he had nine, 99 of them that were with him, but one of them had wandered off. And he went to go, he, he left the 99 that he had to go find the one that, that had wandered off and to go in search of it. And that one was so valuable to, to the shepherd. That, that one had such tremendous value to him that he was willing to leave everything that he had to go find that one to bring it back into the flock. That's how valuable you are to God, to the mission, to, to what it is that he's trying to do. Like my, my family, we have four kids. And, and if I lost one of my kids, I wouldn't say, hey, hey where's Cadence? Anybody seen where Cadence is? But if you don't find her, don't worry. Like I got three others. It's not a big deal. She's on the front row, so I can pick on her. But, but of course we wouldn't do that because, because each of my children are uniquely valuable to me. And it's that same way with God, that, that every person that God has, has created, that he has formed, is uniquely valuable to him. Just because you are who you are, because God created you, you bring joy to God. In fact, Zephaniah chapter 3 says that God sings over you. He rejoices over you. Like, think about that for a moment. You, you bring God such pleasure that he sings and rejoices over you. That's how valuable you are to our creator. And the reason that a message like this can sometimes be difficult to, to receive is because oftentimes we feel the exact opposite of that. Like, we, we look at our past, we look around, we look at all the all, all of our shortcomings, all the things that, that we don't have where, where we don't feel good enough, we don't feel spiritual enough, we don't feel important enough, I don't know enough, what I do doesn't really matter, I have nothing to contribute. And, and often that's how we view ourselves. We view ourselves through the lens of, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And, and one of the biggest lies one of the biggest lies that many believe in the church, not just in our church, but, but in God's church overall, is this lie that, that if I weren't here, it really wouldn't matter. If I weren't here, it really wouldn't matter. If, if I wasn't doing my little part, it really wouldn't make all that much of a difference. And that's such a lie. And, and my prayer for, for us this morning is that every one of us would see how, how invaluable, how priceless, how indispensable and irreplaceable we are to the work that God is doing right here in South Bend. Like when God created you, he placed you right here at this time in history. You could have been born anytime, anywhere, and God uniquely chose you for this time in this place. And so I want to begin with, with, with a metaphor from the Apostle Paul. That, that the Apostle Paul, he, he's writing to the church in Corinth, which is in modern-day Greece. And he, he's writing to this church, and, and he's talking to them about some of the things that, that we were just talking about, uh, of feelings of being inferior, not having enough, not being enough, you know, like that, that, I, that I don't quite have anything to bring to the table, anything to contribute. In, in fact, Paul even begins his, his first letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 126. He says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you who are wise by human standards, not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. 
Like, he, he, he's kind of saying, all right, like, I know how you feel about yourself. All right? you, you don't have all of the things that would make you feel like, all right, no, I have something to bring. I have something to contribute. They were just kind of your, your Joe Average Greeks. And, but Paul gave them the, this metaphor where he compares the church to the human body. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. You, you got an eye, an ear, a, a, a hand, an ankle, a knee, a thumb. And, and he compares how, how the different parts of the body come together to make one human body, just as the different parts of, of the body of Christ, the different members of the church come together to make up the body of Christ. And so we're, we're going to play just a, a little game here for a moment. I'm, I'm going to show you a picture of an animal. And you're going to tell me what a group of those animals is called. Now, some of these are going to be easy. Some are going to be kind of hard. All right, so, so the first one, if you can put it up. The first one we have is, is an elephant. Now, a group of elephants is called a, a herd. Yeah, all right, a, a herd of elephants. All right, the, the next one we have, a single one is a lion, but a group of lions is a, a pride. Yeah, all right, all right. This next one, this so one's a little bit more difficult. We, you have a single cheetah. What, what's a group of cheetahs called? Not Cheetos. That, that's, that's, that, you were close. It, it's actually a, a coalition of cheetahs. I, I wasn't aware of that. All right, our next one. All right, you have a single donkey. Now be careful. A, a, a group of donkeys is what? I like that answer. That, that's better than the real answer. <laughs> a, a group of donkeys is actually a pace. A, a pace of donkeys. All right. Uh, how, about, how about you have a single crow, but, but a group, yeah, a group of crows is a murder of crows. Think about that for a moment. All right. And the final one. All right. This one I thought was really interesting. A single vulture is a vulture. But anybody know what a group of vultures is? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Chuck, I'm, gonna, you're, I'm just going to hand you the mic this morning. <laughs> it's close. It's not quite the IRS. A, a group of vultures is a committee. It's a committee of vultures. So do with that what you will. But, but if you think about it, like we, and we did this because individually each animal has, has a name. But when they come together as a group, they actually have a new identity. There's something altogether different. A single animal has one name, but a group has a new identity. And so uh, applying this to, to us, someone who, a, an individual who has surrendered their, their life to Christ, who, follow, who are following him, they, they would, they'd be called a Christian, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, a believer. But a group of believers, a group of Christians who've come together to worship God, to carry out the mission that God is trying to accomplish here in this, in this world, this is called the church, the, the body of Christ. A, a, a single believer, a single Christian is, is one thing, but when we come together, we actually have a new identity in a way. That we're not just a, a single disciple. No, we are the body of Christ, every single one of us. That we are his hands when we go out and we serve other people. That we're his feet when we, when we take the gospel to places it's never been before. We're his mouth when we share the good news with people that need hope. 
we're his heart when we demonstrate the love of God toward those who need it. Like, and every one of us, every single one of us, we are invaluable to the body of Christ. And what I hope that, that we're all going to understand and embrace this morning is that every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. In the same way that every part of our human body matters, every part of the body of Christ matters. And, and, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's almost as if Paul could kind of tell. It's almost like he, he knew the objections that were going to come up. Like he, he, he could hear the, the Corinthians as they were hearing this message about, about the being the body of Christ that maybe some of them don't feel like they have much to offer. Some of them don't feel very important. And so he continues in 1 Corinthians 12 in chapter, or excuse me, chapter 12, verse 14, he says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Like Paul's saying, all right, every single part of the body matters. There's not one that's more important than another, but they all, every single one of them mattered. And I love how Paul kind of contrasts some of these. He contrasts like the, the, the eye and, and the ear, because it would be very easy for the ear to, to feel inferior, to feel less than in comparison to the eye. Because, like, how, how many times have, have you looked at someone who just captures your attention and you thought, man, you just have such beautiful ears? <laughs> Pro probably not, right? Like, no, no one ever stares longingly into somebody's ear. And if they are, you should break up with them because that's just not normal. Like, like, no one has ever said, beauty is in the ear of the beholder. You've got bedroom ears. You've got, you've got stars in your ears. You're the apple of my ear. Like, I, I could go on all day with this, you know? Like, it, it would be very easy for the ear to feel unimportant, to feel inferior to the ear. But Paul explicitly says, every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. Your part, your role, your presence, your contribution matters to the family of God. He goes on in, in this same chapter, in verse 22, he says, in fact... Some parts of the body that seem weakest and seem least important are actually the most necessary. And skipping ahead a few verses to verse 27, he says, All of you together, together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. He says what, what, what seems like the weakest, what seems like the least important, are actually the most necessary parts of the body. The ones who don't get much airtime. The ones who are not up on the stage, the one, the one who, who maybe people don't know what their name is, the unsung heroes are actually the most necessary for the functioning of, of the body altogether. I, I, I did a little bit of research about some overlooked parts of the body. And you think about, like, your, your hand for a moment. Like, you have your thumb. Your thumb gets, you know, a lot of attention. You can do a lot of cool things. You can give a thumbs up. You can play video games. You can, you know, type on your phone. You grab things, your pointer finger, like you can, you can scroll, you can point, you can touch, you, you know, you, all, all those things. Your middle finger, it's got a lot of great uses, not all for the glory of God. <laughs> like your, your ring finger, like ladies, I'm taken, sorry. You know, but, 
and that, and that kind of leaves like your pinky, right? Your, your pinky, and it, and it just kind of seems like, all right, the pinky's just kind of the little one right there. It's just kind of overlooked. But according to the National Library of Medicine, your pinky accounts for between 33 and 50% of your hand's grip strength. So without your pinky, your, your grip strength is not nearly what it could be for, for a moment. This, this small little digit on the end of your hand. How about your uvula? The little dangly thing that hangs down at the back of your throat. Like the uvula over the course of your lifetime will secrete enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. <laughs> Think about that. But, but your digestive system wouldn't work without it. Like, I, I don't know, if anybody was saying, hey, you know what, if I want to be a, bar, a body part, I, I just want to be armpit hair. Like, no, nobody says that. Like, may, maybe the person that, like, stares longingly into somebody's ear, they, maybe that's the person that would say they want to be armpit hair. But, but armpit hair actually serves a purpose. It reduces friction. In the body. Armpit hair is also good for pheromone production to help attract a mate. Like often, the parts of the body that are least visible are actually some of the most important. You think about your diaphragm. Like, how often do you think about your diaphragm? Like, that's what causes you to breathe. Your entire digestive system. Like, it may not be visible, but it's vital to the health and the function of your body. It, and, and sometimes what we do, sometimes what you do, your part, your contribution, might not seem visible. It might not be up here on this stage. Everybody might not know your name and what it is that you're doing. You might be that, that invisible prayer warrior behind the scenes that nobody knows about. But what you do in private, it matters. Like one of the things I, I was thinking about if you've ever gone into a hotel and, and you open up the, the drawer and there's a Bible sitting in the hotel drawer, chances are the, the Gideons put it there. I, I remember when I was in college, like there, there, there would be Gideons that would come to our college campus and they would pass out the little green Bibles and everything. And, 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 and I, I've wondered to myself, like I, I, I wonder, like, do they think, all right, am what I doing actually making a difference? Like passing out these Bibles and putting the Bibles in in the hotel rooms. And, 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 and likely, on this side of eternity, they, they might not ever see the fruit of their labor, of what it is they're doing. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not going to see the, the person that at their end of the rope, at the end of their rope, and maybe they're grabbing that Bible that somebody gave them on a college campus, or they're in a hotel room, and they're struggling with what their next step is going to be, and they see that Bible, and they open up. Like, the chances are, they're never going to see the fruit of what it is that, that they're doing, that they're that they, uh, fulfilling their, their, their quiet and sometimes like a obscure calling that God has, has given to them. But they've been faithful. They've been faithful along the way. And, and in the same way, like often we might not see what our investment, we might not see that return in our investment here in, in this lifetime. We might not see it, it, it what, what's going on right now. So, you know, for instance, like your investment that you make in our middle schoolers at Element every Wednesday night. You, you might not see that investment pay off now. It might be years down the road. But what you're contributing matters. Your presence in the lives of our, of our middle school kids, it matters. 
Maybe getting here early on a Sunday morning to make coffee. You say, all right, like what, what's the big deal? What, what does that matter? It matters. Somebody might come into the church for the very first time and grab a cup of coffee and have a conversation with somebody that, 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 that puts their life on a brand new path. Like you don't know what that cup of coffee that you brewed on a Sunday morning, the difference that something small like that could make. How holding the baby in, in our nursery, maybe that allowed mom to, to come and hear the, God's message of grace and it, and it put their family on a, on a brand new trajectory. Like you might not see the end result, but just because it's not visible doesn't mean that it's not important. Just because it's not visible doesn't mean that it's not important. And, and, I, and I want you to know that, that the church, the body of Christ, it's incomplete without everybody's contribution. The body of Christ is incomplete without the contribution of everyone. Like, if, if you think about it for a moment, like, we've all, like, done that thing where we're sitting and watching TV, and maybe, like, we're sitting on, on our foot or something like that, and your foot falls asleep, and then you try to stand up, and, you, and you're, like, stumbling around because, like, you can't even, like, support any weight on your foot because it, it's just, it's not functioning properly in that moment. The rest of the body has to work harder to compensate because that one part isn't, isn't functioning like it ought. There's a need that's, that's not being met. And, and I'd be so bold as to say, like thinking about that within the body of Christ, within our church family, is that there's something that God wants done that isn't being done if the entire body is not functioning as one healthy, cohesive unit. There's things that God wants to do and wants to accomplish, and he needs you a part of it. He needs every one of us to be a part of it. Because the church is not just a building that we come to. It's not an institution that we belong to. The, the church is, is the living, breathing body of Christ that, that's supposed to work and function to accomplish God's mission right here in 2023 South Bend. But it, it, it's really easy to kind of think for a moment and, and just say, all right, but what about my past? Like, I, I've, I have too many stains on my record I've failed too many times. Maybe I've, I've had a, a lost or, or broken marriage. I've, I've failed financially. I've declared bankruptcy. You look back and, and you feel like, man, I've, just, I've, I've failed as a parent. Maybe you weren't faithful to your marriage vows in, in the past, and you feel like that disqualifies you. And I, and I want you to hear that your past doesn't disqualify you. It actually prepares you. The things that you went through in your past, those things in your past that you aren't proud of, actually prepares you for what it is that God want you to do, your contribution that, that you have. Like, if, if you read through the entirety of the Bible, like, you, you'd be shocked by what you read. When, when you read about David and his adultery, Peter and his denial of Jesus, John Mark deserting his friend Paul and Barnabas, the prophet Elijah and his, his dealings with depression, Noah got drunk, Jonah's disobedience and running away from God. Abraham's lack of faith. Mary Magdalene was possessed by demons. Jacob and his lies and his deceptions. Rahab was a prostitute. Like, and, and, and I mean, we could, we could, the list is so long, like we could be here till midnight just talking about the, the past, the things that, that the people that God used, what they had going on in, in their past, in their, in their life. But your past doesn't disqualify you, it actually prepares you. And so maybe your marriage failed. You're actually better prepared to help people who are walking through their own struggles and their own crisis and their relationships. 
If you've struggled with addiction, but you've seen and experienced the grace of God, even if it's still a struggle, your story will be an inspiration to others. Even if you feel like, all right, I, I just don't know that much. If you, if you know Jesus and you love people, like God will use you to demonstrate his heart to those around you. In, in my time with the Lord yesterday, I've, I've been slowly going through the, the Psalms. And I was reading Psalm 19, and, and, and I wanted to share with you something that God brought to mind in that moment. I'm, I want to read to you the first four verses from Psalm 19. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They, but they have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. And yet, their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. And I was thinking about that, that the, the heavens, the skies, the, the, the work of God's hands, the, the majestic things that God has done. They don't speak. They don't utter any words. And yet God uses those things to proclaim His goodness, that, that people can see and experience the glory of God just by observing his creation. And I'm convinced the same can be said of us, that you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have the right answer. You don't even have to say anything for people to be able to see the glory of God being exemplified through you. Not a word has to be uttered in order for people to see Jesus in your life. In the end, it's not about our ability, but it's about our availability. It's not, it's not about our ability of the things we bring to the table. It's about are we, are we available? Like this is what we talked about with Gideon last week, that it wasn't, it wasn't about his ability to be useful to God. He didn't have the military training. He didn't have the leadership skills. He didn't have the weapons, any of those things. It wasn't, it wasn't Gideon's ability that was appealing to God. It was his availability, that he was willing to, to say yes. He was willing to stand up. He was willing to go in the strength that he had. And if we think for a moment, just for a moment, what could be different in our church or in our community if every part of the church family, if every part of the body of Christ saw their role as valuable and vital to God's mission? Like if we all looked at, at whatever we could do and and realize, wow, my contribution matters. My role is significant. My presence makes a difference. Like I told you before, we have, we have four kids in our family. We have two dogs, three cats. God help us. <laughs> like our, our little house is full. Our little house is full. But, but if we're having family night and one of our kids isn't there... Like, our, our family feels incomplete. And I want you to know, regardless of how you feel about yourself right now, that your presence matters to this body. Your story matters to this body. Your, your talent matters. Your voice matters. Your generosity matters. Your, your words matter. Your encouragement, it matters to the body of Christ. And, and what do you think would be possible? What could, what could be possible for us if every one of us stepped up to do what we were uniquely created to do. 
that our not enough plus God will always be more than enough. Like I said, the, the church is not a place that we go to, but it's who we are. We are the, the body of Christ. You, you are Jesus' hands. You are his feet. You, maybe you're a pinky providing strength to that hand grip. You might be a uvula. I mean, who knows? But you being here this morning is, is not an accident. It's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence that, that God has brought you here to this church body, to this family for such a time as this. And, and so when, when, when you give on a Sunday morning, it may not seem like you have all that much to give, but your gift does matter. Like when you pray, it may not feel like anything is happening, but your prayers matter. When you serve, it, it may feel like your contribution feels insignificant, but your contribution matters. You're making coffee matters. You're holding the door and, and a welcoming, warm smile, it matters. Changing a diaper in the nursery, it matters. Investing in the life of a teenager, it matters. Running the camera on our live stream, it matters. When you make a meal, when you open up your home, when you sit with someone who's mourning, like every single one of those things matters. It, it's the body of Christ functioning as it ought because we're showing and we're demonstrating the love of Jesus to those around us. And every time we gather together to worship as, as a church family, as, as a body, your presence matters. You've heard me say this before, but we need one another. I need you, you need me, you need the person on the other side of the room who you've never even met. Our presence matters. Like one person surrendered to, to, to Jesus, they're a Christian, a believer, a disciple. But a group of people surrendered to Jesus, committed to his mission, were the body of Christ, were the church. And what would that be like? What, what would it be like if, if everyone, if we made our, our talents and our gifts and our resources available for the glory of God? Like, like we could meet the needs of, of our community right here outside our doors. We could mentor at-risk kids, not just to help them read or do homework, but the, that they know that God loves them and, and cares for them. Like, we could provide food for those that are hungry, help those that are hurting. Like, the widows, every elderly person, they, they could have their needs met. Those who feel rejected and alone and, and shamed can feel the love and acceptance of God. Every foster child or orphan could feel the comfort of a loving family. Every pregnant teenage girl who feels alone and ashamed could be supported. Everyone struggling with addiction could find freedom. Every lost person in our community could hear the love of Jesus. And so I, I want to close with a final thought here this morning. And in the next two weeks in this series, we're going to talk about specifics about, all right, how do I get involved? Like, how, how, do, how do we operate and function as one cohesive body, working together? How can we find our place? How can we find our place that we can contribute? But I want to challenge everybody to do something this week. I, I gave you some homework last week that I wanted you to, to read Judges chapter seven, 6 and 7. Excuse me. I'm, I'm going to give you some more homework this week. But this is, it's, it's not difficult. But I want to challenge everybody, would you be willing to pray this week about what it is that you bring to the family of God? What, what, what are those strengths that you can go 
and offer up. That maybe you feel like you don't have anything to give. Maybe you feel like you're, you're insignificant, you're invisible, nobody knows. But I want you to pray, and, and I want you to sincerely ask God, God, what is it that you've given me that I, that I bring to the table? What's my part in the body of Christ? What's my unique gift that I can contribute? Where can I be a part of the story that God is writing? And I want each of us just to, just to take that before God and, and just listen. Part, part of praying and spending time in the presence of God doesn't mean that we're talking the whole time. Sometimes we're just quiet. Sometimes we just listen, we just reflect. All right, God, I, 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 I want to be available to you. I, I want to hear from you. So I'm just going to quiet myself down. Would, would, you, would you carve out some time in your week this week? to ask God that. What, what, is, what is your invaluable gift that you bring to the work that God is doing right here on the south side of South Bend? I'm going to pray, and our worship team is going to come forward. Lord, God, we love you so, so very much. God, that we aren't here by mistake. We're not here by accident, Lord, that you have created us for such a time as this, that you have placed us here as, as, a, as an integral part, an invaluable part of the body of Christ, that, that every one of us, regardless of our past, regardless of, of our skills, regardless of our knowledge, regardless of, of what we may think about ourselves, Lord, that, that we know that we are invaluable to you, to the work that you are doing. So, Lord, I, I, I pray for everybody who's in this room here today, everybody who's going to, to watch or listen to this online, Lord, that, that we would take some time this week, that we would carve out some purposeful time this week. And just pray and ask, Lord, would you illuminate? Would you, would you bring to mind what are those things that, that I bring to, to this team, to this body? What, what, are, what are those things that, that I'm uniquely created and qualified for? Because I've yet to meet a faithful follower of Jesus who doesn't want to be a part, that doesn't, that doesn't want to be a part of the story that God is writing. So Lord, as, as we spend that time this week, Lord, would you open our, our hearts, would you open our ears and our minds to hear from you? That maybe we're going to see some things about ourselves, Lord, that, that maybe we've, we, we've never even known before. Maybe, maybe we're, God, that you would illuminate some things in, in our minds about ourselves that, that maybe we've, we've tried to suppress, maybe we've pushed aside, maybe we've just thought, you know what, I have absolutely nothing to give, nothing to contribute. Lord, will you open our eyes to that, to hear from you, to know that we are an invaluable part, whether we're visible up on the stage, whether, whether nobody knows our name and, and what we do might feel insignificant, God, that we would recognize and realize that whatever it is, God, that, that you've called us to, that it matters. It matters to the mission that you are accomplishing here in this world, Lord, and we get to be a part of it. Lord, we love you. God, I, I, I bless my church family today. And God, as we spend that time with you this week, God, let it, let it just be, uh, God, just a, a mind-blowing time as we quiet ourselves down and seek to hear from you. Where's my spot? Where's my place? 
what part of the body of Christ do I fulfill? We love you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to take communion in, in just a moment here. And, and in thinking about communion this morning, what we're talking about, about the body of Christ and what part we play, like the only reason we have anything to offer at all is because of what Jesus has done for each of us. That he, he gave everything he had. He sacrificed everything for you and for me so that we could be a part of his church family. And, and so when we come to the table this morning, we do it as one body, as one cohesive body all, all together, one united, functioning, dynamic family of God, body of Christ, that every single one of us were different, we're unique. We have different stories, different pasts, different, different things that we bring and contribute to this body. But when we come to the table, we're all one. Our differences are done away with. There's no hierarchy of, of gifts or parts of the body. At this table, we're all equal. We're all one. And so I want to share this morning that every single person that's here today, you are welcome to come forward and, and take the, the cracker that represents the body of Christ and the juice that represents the blood of Christ. But as we do so, we come together as one. Many, many parts one body. Would you pray with me as our ushers come forward? Lord, God, thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. God, thank you for the way that you open this table up, that you invite us to your table. God, that regardless of who we are, our past, regardless of any, any of the differences that we have, Lord, we, as different as we are, we come together as one and we partake in the Lord's Supper. We, we partake in this communion together as one body. Lord, we love you so very much, and we thank you, God, for calling us here, calling us to be a part of